This season on the Full Heart Free Voice podcast, we are celebrating play and creativity. And at the beginning of each episode for season two, Emma and I will be highlighting creative works of joy by Black, Indigenous, people of color, queer, differently abled, or neurodiverse folks. And I have been so looking forward to sharing a book called What Would Frida Do? A Guide to Living Boldly by Ariana Davis. In this book, Ariana Davis brings readers along on her personal journey of exploration of her Latinx feminist icon, Frida Kahlo. In this book, Davis says that, quote, this read will look at the various ways that we can all glean lessons from Frida Kahlo's life while learning a bit about it, too. By examining the influence Frida continues to have on her culture after her death, I hope to share how the legacy of one of history's most iconic women can inspire anyone looking to live a little more boldly. Frida was above all else a master of self and an author of her own story. And I just could not think of a better compliment to the conversations that we are having this season, and I really hope that you'll check this book out. The link is in the show notes. Welcome to the Full Heart Free Voice Podcast. I'm Emma Veritas, and I'm a writing coach for folks who want to write authentically on the internet. And I'm Caitlin Bosshart, a life coach for multi-passionate creatives, people who want to create a life of their own design, and wedding coach for couples who want to tie the knot their way. We read books that inspire you to live with a full heart and a free voice. This season, we're reading Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. And we're exploring what it means to live a life that is driven more strongly by curiosity than fear. If you'd like to purchase a copy of Big Magic or any book that we've ever mentioned on the show and support the podcast, you can go to our bookshop.org page at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash full heart free voice podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Full Heart Free Voice podcast, season two. We are so excited you're here with us to study Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And today we will be studying the next two essays in part one, Courage, which are called Scary, 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 and Defending Your Weakness. But before we get into our study, we are going to start with Curiosity Corner. (laughs) Curiosity Corner is where Caitlin and I take 30 seconds to tell you about what we've been curious about lately, what we've been doing with our creativity, um, because we love the way how Elizabeth Gilbert says that creative living is when you follow your curiosity more than you follow your fear. And so we really want to celebrate all the different kinds of things we're curious about and the ways how We're beginning to live life more boldly by doing kind of simple things, just saying, hey, what are we curious about right now? So Caitlin, do you want to go first? Do you want to tell us in 30 seconds what you have been curious about recently? (sighs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) My heart always gets going. Okay. Three, two, one. So recently our here's what happened. Our neighbors gifted us this beautiful tandem bike that was completely refurbished. And then we realized that this bike was actually way too beautiful and not worthy of our dingy, dirty garage, which has kind of been a mess since we moved in. So my husband started to 
fix up the entire garage, drywalling it, texturing it, painting it, the whole thing. It looks awesome. And then he realized that he had created this big, beautiful canvas for me to paint a mural. And I never painted a mural before. And I painted a mural and it was so awesome. And oh my gosh, that was not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> you painted a freaking mural? What? I painted a freaking mural. This is the first in, time hearing of this. Yes, I designed it. I painted it. I had never done it before. <laughs> And okay, here's really what I wanted. The point I wanted to make is that I just got so curious about how we can turn uh, these really utilitarian spaces in into like beautiful, like fun, energizing, playful, like places. They don't have to be like boring. <laughs> That's what I'm curious about, basically. That's amazing. Okay, I did not. I did not um, meet the goal of 30 seconds. But <laughs> <laughs> I will we'll be better. Trying. I'll try to be better next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I will do my curiosity corner. I'm scared. <laughs> One, two, three. So something I've been curious about lately as a writer is what is it that I really want to write about? Like in my business, I write about writing, which is awesome and amazing, but I also want to do like personal writing. And what I realized lately is that all I want to talk about, all I think about are the books that I'm reading. I am a bookish person. I love to read. It's who I am. If you met me when I was little, you would have been like, hmm, Emma, she's a reader. So I started an Instagram called Books and Moss, and I'm exploring what it's like to live a life where I write about reading. Done. Yay. Ah. You were under, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. It's so fun. Definitely go check out Books and Moss. It's so awesome. And her photos of the books on Moss, literally, just as it says, are really beautiful. <laughs> I highly <Yeah>. recommend. <laughs> I wanted to give myself the, a very easy to achieve goal. And I live in the Pacific Northwest um, on the side, on the west side of Washington, and there's plenty of moss to go around. And I have plenty of books. So I love it. And I think that's such a cool point. Like, just because we're talking about creativity is like, sometimes we need to give ourselves like, we need to simplify and be like, we want to do this thing. Like, how do we make it simple and easy? So I love it. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, today I am going to be doing the recap of these two sections. So even if you haven't read the book, no worries, we've got you. And I'll just fill you in on what these two sections are about. So the first essay, Scary, 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 Elizabeth Gilbert starts out by saying, let's talk about courage now. So if you have the courage to bring forth, you know, all those creative jewels within you that we talked about last time, basically you don't even need this book, but if you lack courage, let's get you some because basically creative living is a path for the brave. And when courage dies, creativity dies. She then goes on to list all of the ways that you might be afraid of living a creative life. Now, I will not share all of these, um, but I want to give you an idea of a few of what these are. So she says, like, you might be afraid that you have no talent. You might be afraid that you'll be rejected or criticized or ridiculed or misunderstood or worst of all, ignored. You're afraid there's no market for your creativity and there's no point in pursuing it and so on and so on and so on. Um, and basically, she finishes by saying she just can't go on all day listing fears because it is a bottomless, depressing pit. and to summarize it, everything is just so scary, scary, scary. Everything is so goddamn scary. <laughs> just to sum it up. <laughs> 
The next essay, Defending Your Weaknesses, Elizabeth Gilbert explains that she can really speak about fear because she is intimately familiar with it. She said that she was born terrified. It was this exceptionally freaked out kid. And she was afraid of, you know, of course, the normal kid things like the dark and strangers, but also like really funny, benign things like snow, nice babysitters, Sesame Street, new situations and sharp blades of grass, which really cracked me up. Um, And when she would, you know, fall into like, like fits of weeping, which I think happened all the time, it sounds like her father also, I think very hilariously nicknamed her pitiful pearl. And what I think is so cool is that she was saying like her mom was like not having one moment of her drama and to sort of help her daughter with this fear would make her do exactly the thing that she was terrified of. And of course she, you know, fought her mom. She would sulk. She'd intentionally fail. But then at some point, Elizabeth really realized that, you know, this is a really weird battle for me to be fighting, you know, and really questioning, like, is this the hill that I want to die on, like with my weaknesses? And then she shares, you know, as the saying goes, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. And she just realized she didn't want to keep her limitations. And she ultimately does not want us to either. So that's basically what these two sections are all about. Okay, so Emma, I'm curious for you, what was it that really stood out to you about this part of the reading? I really, really loved these couple essays. Um, The long list of fears, of course. I was like, yep, um, been there, felt those fears. And Mm -hmm. what really, really, (laughs) what really stood out for me was that the way how Elizabeth Gilbert described how she was as a kid was like exactly me. I was so afraid and I cried and weeped my way through my childhood because um, from fear, right? Like I was so scared. I was the kid in the neighborhood pack who like if the neighborhood kids were about to go do something, I was like hanging back and way too scared to go do whatever they were doing. Even if as an adult, I'd be like, yeah, sure. It's fine for kids to go do that. I was like, no, I'm not going. I can't do that. And I was scared of the beach. Uh, I was scared of uh, like one time my family went to the beach and the tide was coming in and I didn't know what a tide was. And they kept saying the tide is coming in. And I absolutely melted down. Oh, in no. terror of like, what is the tide? <laughs> One time we went on, I grew up near Boston and we went on the Massachusetts Turnpike and they kept calling it um, the Turnpike. Oh, we're going to take the Turnpike. Wherever it was we're going, we're taking the Turnpike. And again, complete meltdown, <laughs> freak out. And you're so, like, what is the Turnpike? What I know, mean? what the hell is a Turnpike and what? horror is it going to visit upon me? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what terrible thing is going to happen at a turnpike. I don't know what's going to happen at a tide. I didn't know. (laughs) So I was like, very, like, I loved reading this part, partly because I was thinking about, like, I don't know Elizabeth Gilbert. I've never met her. All I know about her is that she wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Like she went on that huge adventure and she writes these really good novels and she writes this book about creativity. And if she didn't expressly write this, 
I would never have thought to myself, Elizabeth Gilbert was scared like how I was when I was a kid. And so it's really fun to think about like how brave we can be, even if you start off life really, really scared (laughs) of doing things. Because I think like maybe I look like that to people on the outside too sometimes. Like I have a podcast, I'm a blogger, like I put myself out there, but I'm really so anxious on the inside. So I liked her exploration of this. I agree. I had that that same sort of, I had a takeaway with that as well. It's like, wow, here's this person who has been asked to speak by Oprah, you know, <laughs> and she did it. And she has these amazing books. And it's like, I love when people share their humanness about their creativity in particular, because it gives me hope <laughs> for us all. <laughs> I know it's so easy to put people on a pedestal and to think that, well, you know, she did it because she doesn't ever feel like how I feel, right? Like if she was experiencing what I experienced, she could never have done that. But it's like actually not true. (laughs) You know, people do amazing things and they're scared. And so it was very cool to read that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Caitlin, for this episode, it's your turn to get coached by me on something that challenged you in the reading. So did anything come up for you? Did anything challenge you during the reading? Yes. <laughs> I I actually found that that these two essays gave me a bit of anxiety because like you, when I was reading this list, I was like, yeah, I've probably thought every single one of these things in some way. And then I had this, you know, like she's saying about how, you know, like fear is like what kills creativity, you know? (laughs) And I was like, well, but then how do I not be afraid of being afraid? You know? And I was just like, kind of feeling overwhelmed by like, what if I do feel afraid? Like, what does that mean for me? And, you know, it's like, yeah, basically that's, that's what's coming up. My anxiety around being afraid. Okay. So first, I would love to ground this in like a quote from the chapter. Was there like a particular sentence that Rishi said that and you were like, oh my God, what ha- what's going to happen? Mm, okay. Let me find, let me find the one. It was like right in that first part. Okay. So it's because living is a path for the brave. We all know this and we all know that when courage dies, creativity dies. We all know that fear is a desolate boneyard where dreams go to desiccate in the hot sun. This is common knowledge, and sometimes we don't know what to do about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do about that. And it just feels like so (laughs) overwhelming. Like, oh, my gosh, if I don't feel courageous, my dreams are going to go die in the desert. (laughs) It's like what was like my feeling about it, Um, which, you know, again, like is kind of this weird it's kind of this weird space because I do do a lot of things, but also I feel afraid. And so I'm just having a hard time like wrapping my mind around this concept to some extent. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. She says her writing is so beautiful. She, I think she's such an amazing writer and she describes this succinctly and poetically. And it's like a big hit. So I feel you. <laughs> that it's like <laughs> a big one to think about. So I'm curious if 
you've ever actually experienced what she says here. Like, have you ever had the experience of fear as a desolate boneyard where your dreams went to desiccate in a hot sun? (laughs) (laughs) But I am curious if, like, you've had that kind of experience before. Yeah, I mean, I would say... Well, there's definitely a part of me that's like, well, my life's not over. So I don't know that my dream is actually dead. (laughs) You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. I do have, I do have things that I really want to do. And I I have this vision for myself, you know, and the work that I want to do in the world. And sometimes I'm really afraid to do the thing that I really want to do. Like, for example, I'm so, I feel so called to creating a group program. And I know I would be good at it. And also, I'm so intimidated because I've never run a group program specifically for my business before. Right. And so if you listened to your fear, what does your fear want you to do? Uh, My fear wants me to do what is safe and comfortable and don't put my ideas out into the world because we don't know if people will like those ideas. (laughs) Nobody's going to sign up or we don't know if people are going to sign up. So let's just not even do that so that we don't have to feel sad about it or afraid or feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And if you followed your fear, what would happen? I wouldn't do anything. I just wouldn't do, I wouldn't pursue it. I would just stay comfortable and safe and keep myself small. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really curious of like the kind of end conclusion of this sentence where she goes, where she says, um, and we all know that when courage dies, creativity dies with it. And that's kind of the point for me that I'm curious if that's the crux of the questioning here of what she's saying because I'm curious if you believe that's true like if you didn't do the group program and you followed your fear do you think your creativity would die with that like do you think that's a true statement or does that feel untrue to you Hmm. I I have a hard time being an all or nothing person about anything like you know I love the gray (laughs) the gray area (laughs) So I would be, I'd feel like that creative thread, if I never brought it to fruition, would in a way die. But I don't feel like I believe that if I don't have courage in one area of my life, that that means like my creativity is like dead forever. Like I think it just feels so almost like all or nothing. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's a little bit where I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be – now I'm afraid of being afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so my hunch would be kind of like the conclusion of my coaching session last time where I was like, I just literally disagree with what she's saying. Like, it just doesn't – this isn't true to me. And I'm curious if the same thing is coming up for you. Like, like it's sparking something for you and it challenges you. And I'm curious – if for you, you you simply disagree with what she's saying here or if something else is going on. So I'm just wondering if you could explore that a little. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that maybe what, what I feel is that, you know, I've had, I've had all these thoughts and I have these thoughts sometimes like on a regular basis 
And I still do, I will still feel nervous and I'll still be like, have, have self-doubt come up, but I still do, I still do things even though these thoughts come up, but I don't always feel brave doing them. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like Mm -hmm. I don't always feel courageous. I think I'm feeling, I'll feel the anxiety or I'll feel the fear or the self-doubt almost more than the courage, but I still feel Um. like I can do, I still feel like I've been able to do a lot of things that I was like really terrified about. (laughs) Like, and so I think there's part of me that's like, well, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's like a place for, I think there's a place for all of it. Like, I almost feel like this is like, this feels so black and white to me, Mm -hmm. um, that maybe like, that's what I just like, don't love. And well, I, I like, I agree. I do agree with her in a way, but I feel like there's a nuance that like this conversation is actually like helping me to really think about. And I think it's also like really important for like us as, as like creatives to kind of like, yeah, not, it's like, just cause you having like are afraid of something doesn't mean like your creativity is going to die. I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So this begs the question for me, like what is courage? Because as you were talking, it made me start thinking about is courage a feeling or is it an action? Mm. Like you didn't feel courageous. You felt scared, but you took these certain actions. And I'm curious if courage it might be also more nuanced. Yeah. That really, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. But I think that like we have so, like we see courage personified in so many stories where, you know, someone's like charging into battle and like, you know, fearless, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think there's like that sense of like that that's like what courage is. And even though it's like consciously, I know that that's not really how it looks. I think that this, this part of the, of the essay kind of brought up an awareness of this unconscious, like belief and conditioning that I have around what that looks like versus actually really looking at what courage, what the experience of courage is for me, which is sometimes being like really nervous or really, you know, anxious to do something I really want to do and, and actually still taking those actions. Right. Right. So like, as you were acting, you, you felt fear. And even though you felt fear, your creativity didn't die and you took a courageous action while, whilst feeling anxious and nervous and scared. So if you were to rewrite this in your own words, like if you were to rewrite this idea, what would you say? Hmm. What I think the point that I would want to make is that courage can't exist without fear. Mm-hmm. Like if you have nothing to be courageous about if you're not afraid 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and so it's like it's actually that they're like kind of partners in the creative process in a way. I think the difference is when that when the fear cre- like is so overwhelming that it prevents any action. I think that's mm. the main I think that's the main thing is that when there's no action the fear has like has become like too too great in the situation. Um but still I feel that there's always an opportunity to basically like revive your creativity, you know, like do chest compressions on that, you know, creativity to come forward. Don't you think it's also part of like every single thing we learned in Women Who Run With The Wolves coming here? This whole sentence is really reminding me of that very first story in Women Who Run With The Wolves of the woman in the desert. And right, collecting all the, the women bones. collecting the bones. <laughs> it's literally the sentence. So what we learned in Women Who Run with the Wolves <laughs> is that there's always a part of us collecting the bones in the desert and recreating our wild spirit. And so I think Clarissa Pinkola Estes, what she taught was that, like you just said, you can revive this thing. So even if you were to follow your fear and not do a thing, I think Clarissa Pinkola Estes would say your inner wild instinct is always going to do the work to help you revive your creativity. So even if you felt or had a thought that my creativity is dead, she would say, no, no, you can do this work. You can read these stories and bring forth um, (laughs) that spirit in you again. Like at the end of that story, the old woman puts together a skeleton. It turns into a wolf. The wolf runs off into the the desert and the wolf turns into a woman running Mm -hmm. off out into the desert, which is representing in that particular story, the creative impulse. Yep. Yep. And, you know, as you were talking, the other thing that like popped up for me is that is that really the our like our fear is keep trying to keep us safe but it is it's not actually true so like my fear will tell me also will make me feel sometimes like oh you're not creative or you don't have talent or who are you to be doing xyz and i was thinking about how i have been very nervous every single time that we've sat down to record Mm-hmm. And now we are up to like 40 episodes, probably like this might be our 40th around there and how I will feel sometimes sitting down. I'm like, what do I even like have to say that is going to be a value that anyone's mm-hmm. going to want to listen to? But I sit down and I do it anyway. And it's kind of showing that even when the fear is there, even when I feel like my creativity is not there there's that spark there's that like inner wild woman and stuff comes through it comes out regardless it's like can't be tamped down mm-hmm. not forever anyway <laughs> yeah not forever i think the maybe the amendment that i would make to the sentence is that you know we all know that when courage ebbs 
I wouldn't say die. I would say ebbs. Creativity can ebb with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That it's not about dying, but it it can, right? Like if my courage ebbs, I'm like, oh, I don't want to take that step. I'm not going to do it. Then some of my creativity can kind of pull back as well, but it can always come back forth. Mm-hmm. It can always um, flow again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the energy of that one, I'm just so con- I could get so connected to the energy of water. So very, like very intuitive <laughs> for you to choose that as a metaphor. Um, but yeah, that ebb and flow, that's, that's exactly what it is. And it is kind of this dance. And it's, it's always going to come back. It's always yeah. I just have to trust. Um, they'll always come back. And I do trust that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I do trust it. But I was feeling like this section almost brought up a little doubt in that trust. So mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> Thanks for helping me meander my way through um, this section. You're welcome. And I love these conversations. It's as we were saying in the previous episode, words really matter. You know, the word when courage dies, creativity dies with it. That's not working for you, you know, but ebb and flow does work for you. And so what we want to encourage all our amazing listeners to do is to find your words, right? Like these words work for Elizabeth Gilbert. Like she's a courageous person. She's a creative person. She's put her voice out into the world. It's so cool. And these are the words that have worked for her to do that. And we can use her text as this really, really cool foundation piece for us to find our own words for creativity and what works for us. Yes. Yes. Very well said. I love that. So Caitlin, if you think about everything you just discovered and everything we just explored, how do you think this conversation could support you like with your creativity moving forward? Hmm. I, I think it's just that reminder that fear coming up is so normal and, and that it's going, that it's going to be a dance. I, I will always, my creativity, my fear will always be sort of like dancing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that shift around like courage. I think that, that was, I really loved your reframe of, of courage, not necessarily being a feeling, but more of an action. And kind of letting myself like hang my hat on that of like, okay, like remembering all the ways that I am, I am courageous in the actions that I take, even if I'm not feeling it on the inside always, or very often. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And you do, you do so many courageous things. I always, whenever I forget that I'm courageous, I think about our podcast. I think about this, like, this is kind of, courageous thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think this is so relatable how easy it is to forget. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I did this like really courageous thing, you know, a week ago. And then I will forget all about that. I did that thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've actually found for myself, and I know this has been helpful also for a lot of my clients is, is sometimes actually have a list. And this is this is something I want to do for myself again is is to make a list of of all the things that basically like prove that 
those negative thoughts wrong. So instead of being like, oh, I'm like, don't ever do anything. <laughs> like my fear overtakes everything. It's like, no, what are all the ways that I've been courageous? And that reminder that I can do it again and you can do it again yeah. Um, yeah. in the future. So, yeah. Yeah. And actually that makes me really curious about our listeners and what you all think about this and what courageous things you've done. And that doesn't mean you weren't sweating from anxiety <laughs> while doing it. Right. So if you want to let us know your take on courage and creativity and let us know what courageous things you've done while being really scared, you can contact us on Instagram at fullheart underscore free voice underscore podcast. Let us know, post in our comments and also hashtag fullheart free voice podcast because we would love to hear from you. If you've been with us for a while or maybe you're just starting to get to know us, you might be getting the sense that we are very multi-passionate people, Emma and I, and we love to share with all of you all the different things that we're up to um, within our businesses and how we we share our passions and our work um, out in the world. And so we want to just take a little time, let you know what we're up to. And so Emma, what has been happening in your world lately? Yeah. So if you've been listening for a while, then you know that my main thing that I do is the Courageous Bloggers Society. It's a membership that I run for folks who want to inspire, teach, and help others by writing online. So you're somebody who really, really wants to share your voice and your message on the internet, but it's also fundamentally scary for you. So this is highly relevant to the conversation we were just having because um, it really can be scary to put your voice out in the world. And this membership has writing workshops. It has writing challenges and everything we do. It's really fun is designed to help you build your confidence, right? To help you to take even small steps. You don't have to take huge steps. You can take small steps to writing and sharing your voice. And a special thing I'm doing for my members in January is I am pulling oracle cards for my members and I'm going to be pulling a message of the year for each of my members. So each of the members will be getting a special worksheet PDF download that will have an oracle card for you and it will have a message that will help you build your confidence for 2022. So if you're a member by January 31st, then you will be getting this really special um, message of the year oracle card reading from me to help you be a courageous blogger and follow through, right? Even if it's just a little turtle step. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing. What about you, Caitlin? What are you up to? Well, I really wanted to share actually that I was recently asked to be a guest on another podcast called Not So Darlin with host Tanya Phillips. And she invited me on because she is a multi-passionate person and she, a lot of her listeners are as well. And she wanted to understand more about what it means to be multi-passionate. She wanted to talk about um, common misconceptions and things like that. So that's exactly what we did. And as a business owner herself, she really was interested in talking about 
the pressure that a lot of us as business owners have around niching down to one thing when that just doesn't really feel genuine for you. So we have this really fun conversation all about what it means to be multi-passionate. And so if you're curious about learning more about multi-passionate, this is a great episode for you to go check out. So if you search Not So Darlin in your podcast player and then check out episode eight, that's the one that I'm in. Um, And I would love to hear what you think. So you can feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and share. So again, my handle at Caitlin underscore Bossheart. And today I also wanted to share a little bit about my wedding coaching. So what I do is I work with couples who really want to tie the knot their own way. This is the couple who maybe doesn't totally resonate with all of the wedding traditions. They feel very, um, you know, pulled in a lot of directions, maybe by expectations of family members or just like societal expectations. And they just are feeling like they're struggling to maybe feel fully authentic to who they are. And they know what they don't want, but maybe they are struggling to to really create their vision of what they do want their celebration of their marriage to look like. So when I work with couples, I help them get clear on their vision. I help them navigate some of the tricky dynamics that are often um, come up with weddings and stay true to themselves every step of the way. And what I really, really love about this work is that I help couples really sink into you know who they are, what matters most to them, and how to weave all these elements into their celebration and in particular into their ceremony. Um, And what has been so amazing to hear from past clients is how the guests have shared just how deeply personal their ceremonies felt in particular. That's really like the heart and soul of what I do is coming down to the ceremony. Um, And so if this is something that you or someone that you know is interested in learning a little bit more about, feel free to reach out to me. We can schedule a free discovery session just to see if it's a good fit. And uh, we'll learn all about wedding coaching and how I would support you in that way. All right. So now is the time that we share a quote that stood out to us from one of these essays. And Emma, I would love to hear what the quote is that you have to share with us. My quote is from the Defending Your Weakness. And she says, we went to the Delaware shore one summer when I was eight years old and the ocean upset me so much that I tried to get my parents to stop all the people on the beach from going into the surf. (laughs) and she says i just would have felt a lot more comfortable if everyone had stayed safely on his or her own towel quietly reading was that too much to ask (laughs) and what i find really interesting about this is that sometimes we're scared of for ourselves and the things we want to do and sometimes it can be really scary to watch other people do scary things right And like, I know for me, it really made me think about going to the Grand Canyon. And whenever we, my husband and I go to the Grand Canyon, it is like torture for me to watch the people who stand close to the edge. Like I would be so much happier at the Grand Canyon if everyone would stand like 20 feet back from the edge, please. Like, I don't want anyone walking down on those donkeys. I don't want anyone standing near the edge taking a selfie. This is a horrible thing to watch happen. Like, my stomach is in knots, everything. Like, watching people take physical risk (laughs) like that 
you know, like standing still somewhere, it's really hard. And I think something I've learned over time is to try really hard to not put my own anxiety onto other people who are doing interesting things, Mm -hmm. right? And that's something I used to do when I was younger because I was so anxious about myself and about other people. Like I didn't want other people to get hurt doing scary things. And I know (laughs) she doesn't say this specifically in the chapter, but it really made me think about that. Like remembering to not put my own own creative fear onto other people and to let other people try and let other people do interesting things. I mean, this is what I do with my work, right? Like I help people do interesting things, but I'm thinking more like personally, like remembering like, yep, we're all going to do kind of scary things sometimes. And it's okay. Like my job is to calm my own nervous system, right? Totally. And I think the flip side of that is not owning somebody else's fear. Because sometimes, you know, when we're doing creative things or doing things that are outside the box, this also comes up a lot with wedding coaching. People are like, oh, no, you're going to regret if you do that or like, you know, whatever. (laughs) And sometimes we have to just be like, I'm not going to own your stuff. I'm not going to own your anxiety and fear around this because this is what I want to do. So I think that's the other part, (laughs) the other side of the coin. (laughs) That's right. I remember people saying things like that to me. Emma, I'm just going to go for a walk. I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what quote stood out for you? Well, I really loved, I really loved as uh, Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about her mom and her just sort of attitude about her pitiful pearlness. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how, I really liked this part of the quote. At every turn, she made me do exactly what I dreaded most. Scared of the ocean? Get in that ocean. Afraid of the snow? Time to shovel snow. Can't answer the telephone? You are now officially in charge of answering the telephone in the house. (laughs) (laughs) And then she goes on to say, hers was not a sophisticated strategy, but it was consistent. I think that in so many ways on this journey of creative living, sometimes it's like, okay, I I find this for myself. It's like, all right, what's, what is my next edge? You know? And I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm really afraid of that. But I'm like, how do I start sort of like inching my way towards the edge of the Grand Canyon, (laughs) you know, like to, to start to, because it's like, once, once we do the thing, it doesn't, it isn't as scary anymore. It's like so much of the unknown. And I think that's where the anxiety and the fear comes from. Like kind of going back to like the coaching is the fear of the unknown. and once you do the thing, it's not unknown anymore. And then you can kind of wrap your mind around like the reality mm-hmm. versus like, you know, the catastrophizing. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it <laughs> um, of like our brains, you know, like we have this, we have this natural negativity bias in our brain to keep us safe. And so it's like, okay, let's prove that part of a brain that it's, you know, doesn't have, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. <laughs> if I do this thing, this scary for me, as long as you know, it's not like jumping off a cliff without a bungee cord or something, but. Yeah. Yeah. And then the <laughs> next, I think the next section of essays, she talks about that, like the fear, like kind of deciphering the different kinds of fear, right? And the evolutionary fear and the creative fear. And so we'll talk more about that, I think. But yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that 
it's like, we'll continue this conversation. This conversation will evolve um, as we, as we continue on. Yes. And so one of the parts of big magic is called permission. And so what we want to start doing at the end of our episodes is to give you all a permission slip to do something related to the topic we just talked about. And what I was thinking was that, you know, that one essay is called Defending Your Weakness. And what I want to give you all permission to do over the next couple weeks is to defend your capability, right? Like defend your own power, defend yourself as somebody with value, with experience, who can do this interesting creative thing that you might be wanting to do. So that's what you have permission to do this week. You have permission to to defend your capability. I love that. Permission slips so much. (laughs) (laughs) Permission granted. Permission granted. All right, everyone, that's our episode. Thank you so much for being here with us. And just a couple of quick reminders. We hope that you'll come and check out our new Patreon page, learn all about the different rewards, different ways that you can engage with us and support the podcast. It's super fun. We put a lot of heart and love into these rewards. Um, And we hope that you'll come and join the conversation. Connect with us on Instagram at fullheart underscore free voice underscore podcast. And if you want to use our hashtag fullheartfreevoicepodcast, please do that. Uh, we want to remind you that if you love our cover art and you would love to buy some merchandise, go check out our merch shop. That link will be in the bio, of course. And finally, our bookshop.org uh, affiliate link. So any of the resources, any of the books, I should say, that we mentioned in today's podcast, you can go ahead and purchase them at that link if you'd like to also support the podcast at the same time. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. This episode was produced by Emma Veritas and Caitlin Bossart. You can find out more about me, Emma, at my website, VeritasWritersSanctuary.com, where you can download your free workbook, Six Steps to Calm Your Fear and Write Your First Blog Post. And you can connect with me on my Instagram page, Books and Moss, at books underscore and underscore moss. And you can find out more about me, Caitlin, at my website, caitlinbossheart.com, where you can download my free workshop and workbook called Finally Start Your Passion Projects. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. Come find me at caitlin underscore bossheart and say hello. If you love the podcast, it would mean the world to us if you'd subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. To stay connected with us, join the conversation on Instagram at fullheart underscore free voice underscore podcast, or join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fullheart free voice podcast. And remember, you can purchase any of the books we mentioned in today's podcast at our bookshop.org affiliate link. And you can find all these links in our show notes. A special thank you to the amazing artists whose music is featured in our podcast. Wally Ingram, Stevie Black, and Tom Freund. You've heard portions of tracks Shine a Light and Who Do You Love from the record Spa Day. And thanks to Caitlin Bossheart for creating our beautiful cover art. 
And thanks to Kirit Basu for all his audio and technical help. And a huge thank you to Emma Veritas for all of her editing magic. Last but not least, thank you to you, our listeners. Thank you.